Who here likes smorgasbords, like all you can eat? Do we have all we can eat here in Darwin? We do? Where is it? I haven't... Ah, yes, the, the, the seafood, seafood place, yes. So I, I love those places. You have to be, you have to be uh, there's some strategies around how you can approach it, you know. Do not fill up on the, on the dinner rolls, you know. You have to, like, be strategic about how you approach a smorgasbord, but it's literally a buffet of all you can eat. And so this afternoon we have a buffet for you, and it's going to be all that you can eat. So, so buckle up. Um, we have, um, we are continuing on our series on prayer. Again, last week I spoke on prayer and I introduced uh, fasting as well. Um, if you weren't here last week, we as a community in, in various degrees are fasting for 21 days from Sunday to the 26th is about 21 days. So from various degrees from no eating to Daniel fasts or whatever. We're just really seeking the Lord together as a community for this new year, for this new decade. So in light of that, we're going to be continuing to teach on prayer this afternoon. And the smorgasbord um, is hearing revelation from three people in particular that um, for as long as I've known them carry a passion, a contagious passion for prayer. And I love that quote from Bill Johnson when he says, if you live a disciplined life, you'll be admired. But if you live a passionate life, you'll be contagious. And I love that. And what you're going to, our heart in this afternoon is to be able to expose you to people's walk with God in prayer. And as you rub up against that, we believe that, that there'll be things, sure, that are taught, but more importantly, there'll be a spirit of prayer that'll be caught from people that carry a revelation and a passion for prayer. They're going to be sharing um, a revelation or some revelation and then some stories of what it looks like in their life practically over the years. So we have Matt Davis, Sharon Wilkes and Carla Levy talking this afternoon and um, we'll see where it lands. But see, this is like a family living room and they're just sharing some pearls of wisdom with us about their prayer life and what the Lord revealed to them, that we would be edified and encouraged to be a people of prayer. Amen? Amen. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus, that he came so we could pray in the new covenant, in union with you. Father, I thank you for Matt and Sharon and Carla. I pray, Lord, as they speak as they share from their heart that they would be releasing not just words but revelation from your heart. Bless them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Maddie, Papa Maddie, Maddie Davis. So we're going to try and keep it to 10 minutes possible. I know when Matty gets going, he's like a bull at a gate. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, for, for literally, I don't know how long it was, I want to say years, more than one year, every Tuesday morning, I'm pretty sure it was, Matt and I would go up to the prayer tower, or we called it the prayer tower, 
at like six o'clock, I think it was, or seven, I forget what it was, and we pray for an hour, just me and Maddie. And man, when this guy gets praying, it's like, woo this is like, he's burning. So it's just an honor to have you share, Matt, and just wanted you just to be yourself and, and share with us what it looks like for you. Thank you. Well, thank you, Dave. Grandpa. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm still in the school of prayer. Uh, and I, I just, from the outset, I want to say I'm not, I haven't been great at scheduled regular systematic times of prayer but I want to honour my wife who is a champion of persistent regular times of prayer I so often wake up and find that she's not next to me in bed where is she she's in the next room spending time with God in the wee hours of the night so um, I just want to honour her from the start Um, so I, I identified three kinds of ways that I pray and I thought, well, I'll just share from those. And um, the first is, like, probably the most simple, which is you know, praying from principle, which we do so well in our stream of the church, where we understand our authority as sons and daughters of God, and we understand um, the will of the Father. So uh, in and out of season, we get called upon to pray for things, and we know that we can just whether we feel like it or not, we can step into that place and pray with authority. Often, you know, it's as someone's got a sickness or a need, whether we feel like it or not, there's a principle there that we know, whether I feel like it or not, God will honour this prayer. And, and it's often, that was so not me. I just prayed because someone asked me to and I didn't feel like praying, but uh, Father moved anyway, you know. So it's this authority we have, this delegated authority we have as sons and daughters to pray that way. And one uh, commentary on that as I've, as I've grown in the space is I, I had a, a real problem with a, a neck and shoulder at the start of last year that persisted for like three or four months. It was so painful. I couldn't do a lot of things. And a lot of people prayed for me. And after a while... If I identify that this need to somebody in, part, in conversation, they would immediately want to pray for me. And I, I, being on the receiving end for once, I, I, I realized how much a little bit of empathy would go a long way because um, I'd been journeying with this thing for a while. And if I shared that I had this pain, I just want to give this perspective to people that good to just see the person, not just the condition, to ask how that's going, you know, how you, how's that been for you? Because you've been tracking with it for a while and a lot of people have prayed for you and you're happy to receive prayer, but after a while I, I kind of long for a little bit of preamble with how's that going for you and, and what's, has that affected your work? And so a connection, that's what I'm just saying, a connection, and then land your prayer on top of that. So... Um, it's just, and until you've had a, a condition or something, you don't even think about that. You just think, we just pray for sickness all the time. Let's just go, let's not muck around, but it is good to spend a little bit of time. The second space that I want to talk about is, is, is a prayer of, you might call it destiny or prophecy, and it's situations where we've had friends that have had 
terminal illnesses or they uh, in a been in a terrible accident or something and you're going how do we pray how do we pray like and and I'm become aware of prophecies over somebody's life and meditate on their future because through prophecy we've been given a story a narrative of their future life so this situation that has come upon them is in contradiction it's um it doesn't sit with how god has already said how somebody is going to walk out there what's in store for them I, I can pray this over somebody who's very sick, um, possibly, you know, life-threatening condition, or um, somebody who's got a, a, a condition that has the potential to take their life away if it's not managed well. And fear can enter in, in those times, and, and we can war and war and war, but I think I've, I've really enjoyed grabbing a hold of the, the, the future that this person has and going, well, death is not your lot right now. And like a, a, recent, a friend who was in ICU, uh, a young old lady that we know, she was very sick. And I went up there to pray for her just, uh, one or two years ago. And, and um, I had that strong sense that this is not her time. There's more for her. There's more for her. So I walked around that bed and I just said, this is not your lot. This is not going to happen. You have a future. There's more for you to do. There's more for you to do. And I just started speaking that over the the place speaking over her um, not receiving this news that she this is really critical and she could pass at any moment and I go this is not your lot um, I claim your future God gave you a, a word he gave you um, a story to, that you haven't fulfilled yet this is not your lot and even if someone passes in that situation I will never doubt that revelation that um, uh, I, I won't think for a minute that God took them away you know I think they were they were stolen their life was cut short it wasn't God's will that you pass at this time and that's um, that's something to carry I don't I don't switch the story and think oh well maybe I got it wrong and maybe God had some plan in in in, in taking your life no not at all if I'm convinced that they have a future there's there's unfulfilled words then that's how I'll pray um and then the third one, which, which uh, makes up probably most of the way I pray, is um, the situations in, that in my life or in my family or in, my, in, the world of the, in, the, in the church or in the world, there's so many situations that we don't know how to pray. We just don't know how to pray. But we enter into this meditation with God of going, look at this situation, look at that. And we see with our eyes and hear with our ears. Um, and we're asking, this, having this conversation with God, look at this situation. What, what's going on? I don't know how to pray in this situation. Show me how to pray. What? And um, because it's natural to have um, fear and anxiety come in. And if we, and also judgment, you know, judgment very easily comes in that, you know, God, I want you to strike that one with lightning and I want you to raise up that one. Like, because we, so we default to good guys, bad guys. Who's, who's right here? Um, who's, it's obviously, you know, isn't it? Well, no, because you've only seen with your own eyes and ears. And, and Isaiah 11 is you know, my favorite verse. The Spirit of the Lord says he does not discern by what he sees and what he hears. He, he, we hear from the Lord. 
And then when we get his eyes and his perspective on a situation, um, we position, I position my heart. I posture my heart then. My heart comes more into thankfulness and thanksgiving and I move from that judgment which is it's the judgment that kind of wants to make assessments about things about what's what's good what's bad what's right I don't pray according to those judgments I want to pray according to his heart how he's seeing the situation and what he he sometimes gives us insight into this is what I'm doing right now you, can you get with, can you get that? If you pray in, in accordance with what you know he's doing right now, it's powerful. And it says in Isaiah 11 that you, he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. Like you will speak into the very direction that God wants to do right then in that situation. And you look at the nations, you look at our nation, you look at our city, you can have that insight if you meditate on it, posture your heart, not because it's, it's almost simply the default view is to make these assessments but I go let's just pray about how we should pray and get the way we should pray and that um, becomes so effective so I'm in the school I don't get it right all the time but I believe we can have that access and we can have that um, effectiveness in our prayer amen thanks buddy Amen. Thanks, Matty. I feel like we've just kind of like gone straight into the meat section of the smorgasbord. <laughs> Thank you, Matty. That was beautiful. Appreciate that. Sharon, can I invite you up? This is Sharon Wilkes. Thank you. Um, like Matt was saying, my favorite type of prayer is listening prayer. Um, because... Oh, in Proverbs 9.34, it says, If you wait at wisdom's doorway, longing to hear a word for every day, joy will break forth within you. I want joy every day. So I like to wait and hear. Um, so it breaks forth within you as you listen for what I'll say. For the fountain of life pours into you every time that you find me. And this is the secret. God's telling us a secret. I want to know his secret. So this is the secret of growing in the delight and favour of the Lord. I want to grow in the delight and favour of the Lord. So, and the fruit of this I've seen in the last week, I was just sitting on my bed, just saying, Lord, who's on your heart today? What's on your heart today? And I heard this lady's name. And I had a really strong impression, you need to ring. So I didn't even pray first, honestly, I just rang because I felt the urgency. Um, she didn't pick up, but later that night, she texted me and said, I'm so sorry I didn't pick up. My life is such a mess. I just couldn't talk. I'll try and call you tomorrow. So I said, no, no pressure. Just ring whenever you can. Then the next day, I sat and prayed for her, and I heard suicide. So I thought, no, we are not having that. So I rang. <laughs> I didn't even know if I had a phone number, but praise God I did. And she said, I felt like taking my own life. I didn't tell her what I heard, but she said, I wanted to take my own life. I know it's wrong. I know I'm a Christian, but that's how I felt. 
So I got to just pray with her and take authority over that and break it off and remind her who she is. And, um, and then I gave her some scripture to read and then I connected her with another friend who's close by in Brisbane. So praying that way can save lives. You know, we just don't know. My second favorite way is declarations. Um, a testimony of that is Chantal had done glory school a few years ago. And from when she was young, she had words about going to the nations. And she was sitting there after glory school and she was quite like, well, what's happening? Here I am. I haven't been to the nations. I'm 20-something. And I said, Chantel, what do you want? She said, I don't know. And I said, Chantel, what do you want? Declare what you want. So she was kind of cranky and was like, I don't know. I just declare I'm going to go to the nations within three months. The very next day, she got a phone call inviting her to go to Indonesia, where she lived for two years. So declaration is powerful. Um, just a couple of testimonies from our life. One, uh, our 20th wedding anniversary, won't surprise me, he's really good at doing that. <laughs> he organised for my parents to come and stay and look after the girls and organised for us to fly to Stamford Plaza uh, Hotel to stay for the weekend. And my dad was horrified when he found out that's where we're staying because in the advertiser that day it had said, Stanford Plaza are taking Bibles out of the motel rooms. Um, so you have to ring if you want one and they'll bring it up. So we kind of went, well, this is where we are. So we got there probably midday and we were staying on the 15th floor. So just to prove a point, I rang and said, can I please have a Bible? <laughs> so they came up and delivered it to the door. But then I felt, oh, such strong prayer. And so we just prayed together. It wasn't, we didn't pray about the Bibles. We just prayed, give us wisdom, Lord, direct our path. Then we went downstairs and there's ABC reporters with microphones approaching Wayne, asking him what he thought about them taking Bibles out of the rooms. So Wayne told him good and proper. And I'm not normally one to push myself forward in those situations but he turned the microphone off and I said, excuse me, I have something to say. <laughs> and I said, gosh, if people are needing help, if they're looking for answers, they're not going to find it in porn magazines that are freely available on the table in our motel room. They're going to find the answers in the Bible. So we stayed a couple of days and we found out two other couples from our church also were staying there. Um, and who knows, I'm sure God is so clever, he probably had the whole motel full of Christians because by the time we got home, it was in the paper that returning the Bibles to the rooms. So, do you know what? Prayer is exciting. It's fun and it's an adventure if we'll just be open, if we'll just ask God, you know, give me a list of prayer points to pray for and I'm tapping out. Um, you know, my heart is not connected. But ask God what he's doing and move on that, I'm in. It's so exciting. The last one. Um, in our church in the COC years ago, 
the youth pastor had left and our senior pastor organised for an amazing youth pastor to come and speak to see if he liked us and we liked him. And, oh, my gosh, he was amazing. And I was just like, in my spirit, oh, this is the man. This is the man. He's coming. But he didn't come. And I was so disappointed. I was emotional about it. And there was another lady and myself. We were to run a prayer group, a ladies' prayer group every week, and no one turned up. So we just decided, right, we're going to pray every week. So we prayed for that man every week. It took a year. Um, we didn't pray manipulative, controlling prayers, I promise. But, you know, we were just asking protection and wisdom and Lord to guide him. And after a year, he came and said he'd had the worst year of his life because he ran away from what he knew God was calling him to. Um, and within another year, he got to be senior pastor. So if he had not answered that call, he would have missed that. He was senior pastor of that church for a decade. And now he's, in, he's just moved to be the biggest, in the biggest church of elevation in Queensland. So, you know, let's be obedient. <laughs> um, and just in closing, I was really excited about this scripture, Luke 10, 17 to 22. So the disciples had previously not been able to cast out some demons. But here, when the 70 missionaries returned to Jesus, after being sent out to bring in the harvest, they were ecstatic with joy. Lord, even demons obeyed us when we commanded them in your name. Jesus replied, while you are ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. So because they understood their authority, Satan fell like lightning to the ground. And the demons had to obey. Now you understand that I've imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. You'll trample upon every demon before before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. I feel like this is, this is the challenge for myself for this year and I feel like it's for all of us to understand the authority and walk in it. However, your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority but that your names are written in the journals of heaven and that you belong to God's kingdom. This is the true source of your authority. Then Jesus, overflowing with the Holy Spirit's anointing of joy, he was so excited that they understood their authority, that he was overflowing with joy, exclaimed, Father, thank you, for you are Lord supreme over heaven and earth. You've hidden the great revelation of this authority from those who are proud. <laughs> Let us be humble, Lord. Those wise in their own eyes, and you've shared it, with these who have humbled themselves. Yes, Father, this is what pleases your heart. So it pleases the Father's heart that we understand our authority and walk in it. And the very way you've chosen to extend your kingdom. So we want to be part of that. We want to partner in extending his kingdom to give to those who become like trusting children. So, Lord, I just ask you 
for all of us, me especially, that we would just understand, that we would just get it, the authority that you've given us, all of your authority. We don't lack anything. How? We just need to believe and walk in it. So we thank you for that revelation for all of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much, Sharon. He was just like, oh, it's so beautiful. Can I ask, what was that verse in, was it Proverbs, that waiting at this gate every morning? What was Proverbs 8. That was amazing. I missed that. Proverbs 9.34. Write that down. That's a beautiful, just a picture of waking up and receiving the word of the Lord. Wow. Praise the Lord. That was awesome. Thank you. Um, now we have our very own Peruvian dynamite. So here's, here's Carla. Oh my goodness. Such an entrance. <laughs> um, I just love hearing like what Matt and Sharon had to share. And I was like, oh my goodness, don't let comparison get in. <laughs> because, you know, like, um, anyway, what I felt the Lord was just really... When um, um, Dave and Ruth asked me to share about prayer, like one of the questions was like, why do you pray, Carla? So I felt um, just to start from the beginning. So I guess when I got saved, uh, really no one explained it to me, like what to pray is or what relationship with God is. So I, I don't know if it's because I'm an extrovert and I really just have to talk all the time. <laughs> but when I got saved, I just never stopped talking to Jesus. I'm like, he's real, you know, he's here. So I'm like, good morning, hello, here about the day, like I'm going to take a shower, hello. And um, anyway, so it was just like a, a natural thing. I, I, I can't explain it. It was just the most beautiful thing. I just, I knew that I experienced redemption. And when you experience redemption, when you, in, in your life, you just want to be connected. You just want to be connected to it. You just cannot put it aside. So I think it was probably like four months to got saved that I went for the first time to a little women's church group. And, um, and I was just like pumping because I'm like, yes, you know, like church group for people. And, um, and I remember these girls talking and they start asking, so... How is everyone going with their relationship with God? Um, and pretty much everyone was like, oh, so hard. Yeah, just like really trying to find, you know, time and alignment with God. And I was like, mm, what is going on? <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, um, and, and the, the question was as well, like, how, what do you do to be connected to God? And, um, and I'm like, I talk to him all the time. All the time, like, I don't feel like any disconnection whatsoever. You know, I'm at work, I'm talking to him and stopping talking to him. And they're like, oh, the new Christian, that's so nice, you know, like, the romantic side of the relationship. And I was like, I don't want that to happen. No, no way. Like, I mean, you know, like, I knew in my heart that wasn't just a moment of, like, oh, like, extreme passion. This is the reality of my life. So... Um, I remember, I, I promise this is going to take you to prayer. <laughs> but, so um, I remember like I think a year into it, 
I got in, um, I was listening to a podcast from Chris Valentin, and this was called um, "Does God Knows You?" And that question really struck me because. Of course God knows us. He knows everything about us. But there is a beautiful thing that God is waiting for us to talk to him. That's the beautiful thing about relationship. There is, a, there, is, there is a sense that even though God knows everything that I need, God knows how I'm feeling, God knows what is happening exactly in my day, God knows what is going to happen in an hour when I leave from here, he still wants me to go to him and to say to him, God Hello, it's me, Carla. Yeah, I was born in Peru. Yeah, you know. And like, you know, like, it, it is a beautiful thing, cultivating intimacy and relationship. And why I have come to talk about this, because I feel that if we do not cultivate an intimacy with the Lord, we are only like two ways, like, we are beggars when we pray, or simply we, we feel like we are like commanding over something that needs to happen. But when you have intimacy, there is a beautiful thing that tells you you are a son, but also you have a friend. And, um, and when it's like um, reading like James 4 a, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. <laughs> Purify your heart, you double-minded. So I feel like it's the sense of like there is a promise. We draw near to God. And, and I know that many times we have this question, how do I draw near to God? And we, we make it so hard and complicated instead of looking at the beauty of the simplicity to be real, to be like a child, and to talk to him. So... Um, the other thing that I felt was um, Mark seven twenty four. This is one verse that um, just marked me, uh, Mark marked me <laughs> last year, really. Uh, it says, Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it. Yet, he could not keep his presence secret. And I'm like, this just shows me the, the beautiful side of Jesus. Like, he's tired. He's just been going and going, you know, ministry time. And he's like, I'm going to go into this place. And I'm just, I really want to be in this house. And, like, I just don't want anyone to know. But because the Spirit of God is in him, yet he cannot contain his presence. He can't keep his presence secret. And I feel like the more we have intimacy with the Lord, it is a presence that we can't contain. It is a presence that it just puts you to pray for others. It is a presence that when you're walking and just like, oh, I don't want anything, you know, people to know about God. But you can't. You can't. Because it's God and he's alive in you and he's real. And the more we cultivate that relationship of intimacy, the more powerful we become. So um, I feel that prayer... Prayer, prayer. Like prayer, it's a high position that always, always needs to start with the main outcome of it. That is intimacy and relationship. And I feel like the heart of prayer is to give our heart to God in its fullness. Not holding or preparing what to say. He knows our heart. He knows the feelings we have in every situation, and he's not judging our humanity. 
He's calling us higher. And I feel from that place, when you are sure of your friendship with God, when you are sure of the closeness of God, and this reminds me to that verse in Luke um, 11, in Luke 11, in verse 5, when he says, Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me, the door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even... Though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, (laughs) yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. But the first part, he says, this, we can ask for another friend to a friend. When he's talking into this, there is, there is a relationship, there is a closeness of friendship that comes by cultivating intimacy and relationship. So, um, I feel like the more we cultivate relationship with God, the more we start understanding the individuality of the Trinity. There is three in one. And to understand the fullness of the power, we need to understand the fullness of power of each person. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. So when we, when we, when we speak to God, I know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to the three in one. I'm talking to power. You know, and I feel like it's from that place of absolute um, intimacy and understanding. Like, I don't think, I don't think I ever start praying for the sake of like, oh, I need to start praying. I start, I start talking to God. I start getting to know Him, and from there, I was like, this doesn't make sense. God, thank you, Jesus. And and and, and I think that there is a beautiful thing. When you start praying and knowing God, because when you have intimacy with him, you recognize his presence. Because I can assure you that you start talking to God and you are going to hear back from him. Like there is no way that you can start like choosing to talk to God and that's going to be like, like cricket's going. It is not going to be that way. I assure you, the more you talk to God, the more he will respond to you. Because he's hungry for that relationship. And from that place, there is, a, there is a rise of faith that comes that you know, that you know that you can pray. And, and he says in Psalm 100, he says, we enter the courts of heaven with thanksgiving and praise. And you know, the more I am aligned to the presence of God, the more I am in complete intimacy with him. Oh my goodness, my mouth is filled with praises. And thanksgiving because he is with me. Because the main thing is the main thing. God will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He is with me. So I have something to praise about. I have something to be thankful for. So of course I can pray. And, And when I pray, I enter into the courts. Because my heart is already positioned in thankfulness. In praises. So I can enter into that place to pray. And there is authority. There is a third because I know who God is. I know he is faithful. And I, I don't, and I feel that there is a beautiful thing 
about the will of God. You know, a lot of times, like, I don't know what is the will of God. Man, the will of God is life. The will of God is like there is no sickness. We know all these things. But, you know, when you lose your job and sometimes it's like, oh, will the Lord, you know, maybe it doesn't work. No, I feel like we, we got to try to understand the circumstances instead of understanding his heart. Father, right now I lost my job. I don't have a job today, but I know that you say that you're going to provide for me. I know that you say that you're never going to leave me and going to forsake me. I know that this door is closing. It's because there is one door that is created, and even I cannot see it. Father, grow me in faith. Grow me in trusting you. I know that you're me. I, I feel like that's the, the valuable weight of prayer, that you are never separated from the will of God. Because the will of God is simple. It is for you to love you, to grow you, to encourage you, to give you life. It, 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 is, it is simple. So I feel, um, um, yeah, so as I say, we are, we are called to, so when you are filled with faith, because you know you're in a space, we know that there's going to be a response. We know. It's faith. It's faith because if he's responding just to me when I'm by myself, imagine, am I going to go and like having five people and like we are all like just, you know, raising like, thank you, Lord. We know there is going to be a response to it. So I find that prayer is the most wonderful thing. But I find like the position of the heart for prayer is the most wonderful thing. To see power in prayer. To see fulfillment of prayer. And um, I feel like when my latest prayer has been to be for him to grow me in love. <laughs> That's what has been. Because I know, you know, it's in every position. In it, like the Bible is very clear. The more we grow in love, the more we understand, we gain wisdom. The, everything is based in love. And that's been my prayer. Father, grow me in love, grow me in love. And I have a little testimony of an answer of prayer in this area. On, on Tuesday, Wednesday? Wednesday. Anyway, the day that it was pouring, or Thursday, or Friday. I don't know. Anyway, it was just, <laughs> um, I was walking with Molly Faith, just running in the rain, going to Centrelink. And this indigenous man which is very, very rare. They usually will never, like, talk to me. Which is that time, and he's just like, he starts talking to Molly Faith. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what he's saying. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just keep running to Centrelink. And then he came, um, I didn't see him, but he just came pretty much behind us. And we're waiting there, and then he looked at Molly Faith again, and he's like, hey, chubby. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And, um, and then... Um, Anyway, I just, I knew immediately in my heart, I was like, ooh, I'm just feeling very drawn to that man, God. Like, what is it? Like, I feel this love bubbling inside of me. And, um, and anyway, I went and sat down, and I could hear him talking to the lady of the counter. And he's just been very nice. I can't explain it. He was just very nice. And he just came and sat very close to where I was. And um, he was... I could see he, I don't know if he was, I don't think he was blind because he still could see, but has something in his eyes. Anyway, I was like, God, what do I say to him? I just feel like all this love, but 
give me, you know, like a prophetic word or something. And all I hear was like, this man has a good heart and he's a very kind. He has a, it's a good heart and a kind person. And I'm like, well, that's what I got. So just I got to say, Jesus loves him and that he's a good man with a good heart and he's a kind person. Very simple. But I can't explain it to you, my bubbly emotion of love. I was, if I could have a little teddy bear of that man, I would, I would just grab it. I'm like, I gotta take it with me because I really love him. And um, anyway, like, I just went and sat and I said, oh, hello, sir. And you know, when you just get nervous, because it's like, what do I say? And I'm like, I know this is going to sound really weird, but I just want to tell you, you have a beautiful heart. You're a really good man with a kind heart. And he's like, uh, hello. Um, what, sorry, sorry, Mace. What's your name? I'm like, I'm Carla. Nice to meet you. And like, just starting to talk. Where are you from? And I'm like, keep talking, keep talking. And then he said, um, what is it? Oh, he just said, um, so I'm a witch doctor. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, oh. Like, what did I hear, right? I'm saying, see, you say you're a witch doctor? And he's like, yeah, I'm a witch doctor. And I was like, oh, like my whole body was like, oh, God, like all this love, you know? Like, did I tell him that he was a good person and with a kind heart? And I'm like, what? You know? And um, anyway, I just immediately felt like this. But he just started, telling, started talking to me about spirits. And I just said, oh, well, I actually have the Holy Spirit in me. And he's like, whoa, Holy Spirit, that's the supreme one. That's the supreme. And I'm like, yep, that's the one I have. <laughs> and um, anyway, we just kept chatting and like, you know. And as I'm leaving, I just, this is, we, we chatted for a little bit longer. And as I'm leaving, I heard him saying, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. He said it twice. And I knew, I knew that there was something greater. It was something bigger than what I can understand. And I went and sat down and I was like, ooh, am I going to start praying in tongues? Because, you know, I just started talking to a witch doctor, so just in case of something. <laughs> but, but I felt like as I was just sitting down there, that God was just like, Carla, who do you think is greater? Me? Or whatever spirit is there. And I was like, oh, I'm done. You know, I'm in Centrelink. I'm like, oh, gosh, God. And he, and he said, you were filled with love. And love wins all things. So there is no fear. So I want to encourage you to find the simple will of God in your prayer. He loves you. Don't complicate your prayer. And amen, I agree. I'm just talking about one facet because I love the, you know, we go into warfare and there are many faces, but there is one heart. Many ways that we can pray, but there is one heart. And we have the power to be intimate and encouraged and hear his voice. So that's my little encouragement.